Get ready for a comedy extravaganza like no other. Welcome to the Birdcage, starring the comedic trio of Robin Williams, Nathan Lane, and yes, Gene Hackman. Set in vibrant South Beach, Miami, this uproarious film follows a flamboyant world of a drag club owner and his partner as they hilariously navigate a tangled web of mistaken identities and outrageous situations when their son's conservative in-laws come knocking. Brace yourself for a blend of laughter, love, and fabulous chaos. Get ready to spread your wings with the birdcage. Welcome to this week's episode of Adult Beverage Film Podcast. Listen to our hosts talk about your favorite movies. You never know what you're going to get. And discuss new films with our mystery guests from all over the world. Our guests speak freely about their experiences as directors. That's a wrap, everybody. Writers, producers, actors, or whatever contribution they have in the film industry. This is Adult Beverage Film Podcast. Welcome back to Adult Beverage Film Podcast, and we've got the birdcage on the mix today. So this is, I didn't expect this, but I can tell you, this is going to be an interesting podcast just because we got a lot of opinions on this he, one. He didn't so, expect it to be interesting. Okay. I didn't expect it to be A number one. Any, when the four of us to get together, who knows if it's interesting or not. So, uh, but Good point. Let's ask our one Russian listener. <laughs> yes. Uh, nah. Nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's start. Let's start with Laura here, and like say, Laura, tell me what your thoughts were on this uh, this classic film because it's been about twenty five years. This has been out now, or a little bit longer. It's uh, it's been a long time. Ninety six. Wow. Math, so. Okay, so ninety six was my second year in college. Went to see it at the theater. Loved it. Loved it. Have seen it many times since then, but here lately, it's been a few years, you know, I'd seen it like bits and pieces on TV. So to go back and revisit it on the whole as an entire movie, it did not for me hold up in all the places and some of the exclamation points that were like, periods before are now exclamation points like they the asshole son he's not just an asshole like he's a real asshole and so i don't know i just i notice things now as a as an adult that i did not notice then and probably i didn't i wasn't aware of you know it's a new it's a new day it's a new time and for listeners this is the first time uh laura has admitted that she's now an adult so this is a big coming <laughs> and I don't know out that that's party. true it might not even be true i i don't know <laughs> yeah you guys tell me well i think you brought some good points because it you know we're watching it different now than we watched it when we you know 25 26 years ago whatever. 27 is it 27 oh, now so wow 27 i did the math i have yeah. a calculator man Oh man! It's, I'm I glad mean, you have a calculator. Yeah, you know, a lot of films don't hold up. Uh, Car- uh, Carla, what was Squeaker? What was your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I mean, I I would say this was my first time watching it. Um, you know, obviously I've he- heard of it before. It's 27 years old. It's you know you're not going to miss it for that long. Right. But um, yeah, I thought it was. Alert. <laughs> yeah, I, you know. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It seems like it's very of its time, right? Like it was a time where it was great to have Robin Williams acting 
you know, flamboyant and loud. And although he was a little more muted than I expected, like he, he didn't yeah. quite go as, as wild as he did in some other movies during that time. But yeah, it just felt of its time. It, it felt like it was a very, very in that moment. And that doesn't quite hold up maybe. Uh, Patrick. Is uh, that a cow or is that Patrick? Yeah. <laughs> that is Patrick that's chewing on something. Oh, I you can hear me. Damn he's me. got a lot of beef he wants to say on this. So I need you to spit out that gum. Mm-hmm. Hell no. <laughs> no. That's what's got Mother him superior. Jacked. That's why he's got him jacked up on that Nicorette or whatever it is. Damn that's right. Yeah. Damn so, straight. Um, what were your thoughts, Patrick? Well, I too saw it 27 years ago, and even then I thought it was dated. <laughs> um. How fucked up is a movie when Robin Williams is the most grounded actor in the movie yeah. and the most underplayed actor, or besides Gene Hackman, of course. Uh, I don't know. Gene Hackman really, I don't know. Looks good in drag? <laughs> well, he does look surprisingly good in drag. He has a real sweet face. Do you have like a Martha Washington fetish? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not attracted to him. I'm just saying he didn't right. make as ugly a woman as I thought he might. All right. Well, we'll discuss that in, in a, <laughs> a later segment going, how drunk is Laura? Not drunk um, enough. <laughs> I, it's, it's, maybe it's just me. I was raised on, raised, I, I was used to watching gay movies that were usually indie and more serious, like longtime companion, fantastic movie, uh, you know, boys in the band, stuff like that. Uh, L.I.E. fantastic movie. So this movie I thought was just kind of irrelevant. It's campy. It's not good storytelling because we'll discuss the end later because you're going to have to explain it to me. <laughs> I feel like they just went, all right, just throw the credits up. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, I so I, I am not actually, a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny. I was at a party over the weekend and I mentioned the birdcage and there is a number of uh of gay attendees there. And of course, everybody loved this movie. And I'm like, I'm just not, I, I got a, a flashback to like when Cloverfield came out, I hated that movie. And everybody <laughs> okay, else you started on Cloverfield. Everyone else seemed to like, watch fucking Cloverfield like 20 times now. I still hate it. Um, Stop watching it. I've got to know what people like about it. I got to understand. <laughs> You're never going to figure it out. So, uh, so yeah, I'm just not, and sure. Hank Azaria is, funny but he's so oh, campy over the top nathan <laughs> lane say, is so over the top seriously robin williams was the most grounded i thought besides this, the fussy fussy bun and the twilight yeah, twi- yeah. martha graham martha graham martha graham that was the only time movie really for straight people that's, yes that's what this is well this is not like a it. well like i mean Gay people can like it too, but the, I think it was designed. Oh, thank you. For, <laughs> thank you're you welcome. For the you have my permission. Yeah, like I don't give it out very much. Uh, but like, yeah, I feel like this, this is not made for the gay community. This is made for straight people. This felt like let's make a, a gay movie that people won't hate on. But before so we get into so deep, yes, Ken, Ken, what did you think? So I, 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 I think and I, when this first came out, I loved it. I truly think it's a great film. I think it's in my top 250 films all time. And, and, I, and I'll say this, and this is why part of it. When this came out, this opened the door for films like Love, Simon and you know other films like this because of his success in the box office as well as 
you know, the critics reviews on it, it created, it opened the door for a lot of other films to be done. So I think from that perspective, it's, it's great, but I also love the story and I love the characters. There's not a character. The only character I can't stand the son, you know, mm-hmm. he is really, he is the villain in this story. And, yep. and I never really thought about who was the villain in this. Cause I almost in the very beginning, I, I, I was kind of like the media is the villain, right? They're the one that's the, the villain in this whole story of like trying to look for stuff, you know, the crevices, but the son is really the villain. And he's, he's, um, you know, he is, I don't think he's the best actor in it. I don't think he's, uh, the greatest villain, but, but he fits the role of trying to be something that he's not because he's embarrassed by his, you know, his parents, which I think is kind of a, it it brings that point out in the story. And I like that. And I don't think it does a great job at that, but he is the villain, right? He's not likable enough. Right. Like like if they wanted him to be like a character you could relate to, like get somebody that, is more likable. Like, I hate this guy. There's nothing about him that I like. Right. But did you think that when they wrote it, they thought he was the villain or they thought Gene Hackman was the villain? I think they thought Gene so, Hackman. I think, I think so. the same thing. And I think it's the way times have come that we are now like, that son's a dick bag. And Gene Hackman was just doing I always his, his thought thing. that son was a dick bag. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I, honestly, I barely remember the son from the first time I watched it. I just remembered all the over the top, you know, craziness going on that so Kent I, embraced and loved. I would agree yeah. that Gene Hackman probably was seen as a villain, but I think he was more a product of the time, right? Like people right. did not right. accept that a politician could have a family member that it was involved with, you know, gay or, or um, like the drag club or whatever. I, I'm not sure if that's what it was called at, at that time. Um, but yeah, it was, ju- it was <laughs> yes. public opinion couldn't handle <laughs> I don't know the names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but public opinion couldn't <laughs> handle the politician um, that was like involved in that. So was he the villain? Well, it's or was still like the American- same thing now. I mean, you still have that one side, and we can get in. That could be, you know, a whole another story. That's not willing to kind of look at that and and respect the rights of those you know human beings. So, but I, I think it's not that part's still there, and we still have that issue in our country, and it's still an issue of like what we deal with. The real villain is society. There we go. That's, that's the real villain. And the sun. And the fucking sun. And that fucking Don't sun. forget. Yeah. <laughs> and Callista Flockhart. Oh, my God. And oh, she's supposed to be 17. She's and she's like, 17. we've been sleeping together for months. Really? Well, yeah. Really? Can, can I jump to this? Um, what Like, what did their ages matter? Like, why couldn't they have had the same movie with, like, 25 and 26-year-olds? Like, exactly. I had to wonder the same exact thing. <laughs> I was like, all right. Unless they had to so... stay so close to the original. Uh, I have not seen the original film. Nor have I. So I can't really say that, and I should have watched it. But Really? You didn't watch the original? But it's like I, French. I will. It's got subtitles and everything. Right, right up my alley, <laughs> but I didn't. I have not watched it. And I honestly didn't know until we started doing this that there was a, a you know, another version of it. So, but I was trying to make y'all oh, watch wow. it. But, uh, I remember the uh, La Cage Fall being. I worked at a video store and we had a cult movie section, which was you know, let's be honest, a lot of movies that Laura probably owns. But then it was oh, yeah. stuff like La Cage Fall, and it would yep. be like Freaks, and well, you probably own Freaks. But oh, it'd it's be good. Movies, yeah, it'd be movies that were not 
like by today's standards, I'm like, oh, that's something you should probably just see. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it's culty, but yeah, cult implies that it's like weird and off-brand and like not a lot of people would see it, but like that's like something. Spider that, Baby, Spider yeah, Baby oh, is a Spider cult so movie. Good. It's a movie. Yeah. It's it sure is a movie. <laughs> I, it just was fun. I like it. That's all it you're getting fun. from me is it's a movie. Yeah. Damn it, Patrick. We're never going to agree on anything. And yet we're going to agree on No, it. we agree on a lot of stuff. <laughs> not everything. You know, and this this film, like, you know, there's not only, you know, Love, Simon aspect, but, you know, I think the, the what was it called? Uh to Wong Fu. Uh, Thanks thank, for everything, everything, Julie Newmar. Yeah. Which I also that, didn't like. That's kind of a, was an inspiration off of this too, because um, you know, didn't and that come before? Milk, uh, well, I thought that one came from uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, like, which that's I love. A, oh, so good. Oh, when did uh, Tu Wong Fu come out? Ninety-five. So it came out right around before this. Yeah, before ninety-five. So yeah, thank you, speaker. Yeah, so it came in that same thing, but you know, a lot of times what happens is you get one studio's got they're coming out with this, and the other studio's trying to put out something similar or not. So I, I don't know if this came after you know in the process or if it was you know the other way around, and they were trying to compete. But you know, I, I think this story to me sticks out as the one that I really just love. I love first of all Robin Williams. I'm a huge Robin Williams fan, so I think. And his role in this is great, but you know, every character has certain aspects that are like interesting to watch as you watch them, you know. And yeah, there is it's over the top in some aspects of it, but I mean, if you've ever been to, if you've ever <laughs> been to a drag show, you know that there's a lot of over the top, right? It's not just uh, you know normal mainstream, you know, the Robin Williams character, so. I'm going to I'm going to say this I don't think this movie paved the way for Love Simon. I think it was the other movies I was talking about like Longtime Companion that were serious uh human movies. These I did I I'll be honest, I didn't see any of these characters as real people that I could identify to. I, I with Oh, I could definitely uh, could. I worked with these people. I worked with so many of them that were in this same same thing. So I, I know drag queens and still they weren't quite this can't be crazy. I, I don't know. I just, I, well, I, I, think, I feel I think, that this movie uh, is, we were talking about how Love, Simon had heart. I didn't feel the heart in this. I felt like, zero. I, <laughs> yeah. It, Not it, even I when, um, when Robin Williams chases after Nathan Lane and, and they'd go and they talk about the patrimony or the, patrimony in the, in the graveyard. And like, even that scene, you're didn't, Oh, I mean, that was an okay scene, but, you know. I don't think you can compare these two to to each other. They're different, totally different mindsets. No, I'm talking about even just paving the way, even just paving the way. That's like saying making the way for anything, and it didn't. It's a financial situation. If it bombs, if these bomb, then that film doesn't get made. It's how it works in Hollywood. Unfortunately, sad to say. It's about making money. This made $200 million. And I know it's probably made, who, who knows how much now? I mean, I don't know what the, the gross on it, but it's, well, it's on Tubi, so it's got to be raking it's, in the money. It's still, make, <laughs> it's still making pennies every day, right? You know? I mean, I can see it paving the way in that, you know, it has gay characters and that makes it, the more you see of that, especially starting at that time, the more 
likely it is to have future movies with gay characters. Yeah, because you didn't have a lot of them. I mean, you had what Philadelphia came out around that time, I think, and um, you'd have to look at what year that was. But that was one of the first things that came out and sort of, you know, brought this to the attention of people. Well, we got to start. And there was a studio. The studio. The indie companies have been doing it for for years years and years so yeah major release and that's what we're you know talking about this hitting in the masses and not you know a smaller um segment i did think of it in terms of it was almost making fun of that the whole scene and the experience because it's like yeah like we're gonna have a movie about it but we're gonna show that we can you know we're not fully accepting we're gonna make jokes about it but it's you know a hundred percent Absolutely. And uh, the studio pictures either made fun. Uh, this is how I felt. They either made fun of the LGBTQ experience or it was about AIDS. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there was that's where the studio pictures were. So that's why I'm, I still don't fully get behind that the, these are what made Love, Simon possible. There's something else made Love, Simon possible. Yeah. Uh, strong dramas or movies that at heart made that possible. Uh, this one, and the, the story to this movie is like a, a three's company. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Except three's company, the episode would end at a somewhat logical point. This one, <laughs> someone explained the end of this to Irving and going to wait till after our commercial break. From, well, uh, we can go right into it right now and talk explain about the ending to me. Yeah, they, they got get, out of the club and then get married. That's <laughs> and <laughs> credits. Well, after this, get in the car. After this break, we will talk about it. All right, fuckers. Now a word from one of our sponsors. Unleash the power of visual storytelling with Lucky You Films, based in Charlotte, North Carolina. We specialize in captivating commercial videos, stunning still photography that tells your brand's unique story. Our creative team collaborates closely with you to understand your goals and aspirations, blending technical finesse and creative flair. From concept to post-production, we're with you every step of the way, creating an unforgettable masterpiece that resonates with your audience. Contact Lucky You Films today and let us bring your brand story to life. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's talk about the ending. We're going to go right straight to it. And Was there one? Yeah. So what, you, what were your thoughts on the ending? My thoughts? Yeah, your thoughts. Where there you wasn't go? one. There, it, it was kind of like, all right, guys, let's wrap it up. We've done the gay thing. We've done the flamboyant thing. We dressed up. We did Gene a musical Hackman. number. We dressed up Gene Hackman. Uh, let's throw some kitschy music on and throw credits up. And, and march them out and get them into the car. That's it. And that's y'all's thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, kind of how I thought. What, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I had a weird experience watching it, which maybe Ooh. we'll get to later. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, tell um, us about that. <laughs> wait a minute. You <laughs> can't say that. Say we'll get to it later. <laughs> we'll get to it later. There's no later. There's now. I was running. It was naked with only a sock. I mean, all that too. Yeah, but I was running (laughs) short on time, so I watched. I kept watching where I was, and then skipped and watched the last thirty minutes on a different screen at the same time. So I was watching two parts of the the movie at once to cut out, so I wouldn't miss anything. And I probably did. So once I got to the ending, I was like, "Did I just miss something by that weird way I just watched the the end of this movie?" But it turns out I didn't. Right? I just nope. So they were. I, I'd rewatched it on Tubi, and I thought Tubi mm-hmm. had edited out the actual ending. So, and nope. let's just so go through this again. So they walk him out of the club. They get him in the car. Yeah. He says something to the guy. So like, 
I'll meet you at the corner or something. What is he? And then the guy's like, yeah, right. And then they drive off and then it just cuts to church. Is, did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I yeah. didn't miss anything. <laughs> All right. No, no. Now you can say that's a, a easy way out of the, that's an easy way out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say uh, there's different you know, things. It's an approach to, to show that a comical way of showing that they're having to dress up and drag. It's also a way of saying that they're accepting of this and they're starting to accept this, this aspect of it. And even, you know, Gene Hackman's character, you know, he's sort of offended that no one's wanting, he doesn't want to be the only, the only girl that's not being danced with. So I thought I took it a different way in that this is a great way of showing progress of like things that are happening and changing, even as slow and and this is happening, but by him having to be into that position and do that, he's starting to maybe resonate to understand both sides of this picture. Right. So, and there's, everybody's got a different approach to how you see this film. And that's a good thing about it. Uh, And, but you know, that was my thoughts on it. Um, And, you know, even down to the, Hey, uh, drive, you know, the statement to the, um, um, his driver, you know, when he's outside, you know, I thought that was like classic of like a whole thing of like what's going on story. So, but that's my thoughts, you know? So do you think that the the, the change, (laughs) do you think that the change in Gene Hackman's character is like a real change? Do you think that he really has changed his mind about like how he feels about his conservative values and, morality and family and oh, excuse excuse me there's I'm, your answer i'm, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> that's the me. best response to that Thank, <laughs> thanks for the response there gene but there doesn't need to be it doesn't there doesn't need to be a whole gene hackman questions his conservative values or his ethics it just needs to be don't be a dick yeah. and accept people for what they are and i don't feel that that came across he dressed like a woman and we had a funny song we have uh, we our family is delightful music um, i mean just let your 17 year old daughter get married like yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> to, to a kid who can't even drink yet yeah <laughs> But they were dr- they were both drinking hard liquor. Oh yeah! Before they go downstairs to the club. Well, times were different back then, Laura. In 1996, yes. Not really. No, they not were. Really. They not were really. different. Maybe in the mid 80s. <laughs> in the mid 80s, they were different. Yeah, I just felt there was no like you want. I don't know. You want Gene Hackman to learn his lesson, or the yeah. son, for that matter, to learn a fucking. That's lesson. what you really want. And instead, I just wanted to kick the whole cast down a flight of steps. <laughs> Maybe not Hank yeah. Azaria because he did make me giggle once in a while. He and he looks so know. great. Like everybody is in really good shape, including Nathan Lane. The legs on Nathan Lane. Oh, oh my gosh. They're so amazing. All right, Laura, the yeah. scene where they're like rehearsing <laughs> or whatever and they do like the pan up. I was like, those look like lady legs. Those, that can't be Nathan Lane. And there it is. It's Nathan Lane. Nathan, you looked great. Because I know you're listening. Thanks, by the way. Well, from a cultural standpoint, is is this film relative now or not? Uh, do you think that it pushes the boundaries? Because we do have a different environment now that we're living in that's, you know, very awoke uh, aspects. 
What's y'all's thoughts? I I feel I feel funny about Hank Azaria. I I like Hank Azaria and I like Hank Azaria's character in this movie, but I wonder if having this Guatemalan accent and being so because in this day and age, like we're not making fun of people's accents. We're not making fun of people for who they are anymore and their culture anymore. And so to see him be a straight, not Guatemalan actor playing a gay Guatemalan actor with an accent. I don't know how I feel about that. It's like, I, f- I feel differently about it now than I did in 1996. Definitely. Well, I, I think there was another thing too, that we, we're not talking in 96, you know, you're kind of coming off, you know, the whole AIDS epidemic and that that's a, a situation too, that was, you know, it was done in a couple of movies. Um, there was a quote from Dr. Matthew Jones uh, and it said the birdcage showed the queer identities could exist independently of, and without reference to the epidemic. So sorry about that, but <laughs> clean your mic off. That was, that was, you know, his say thought, that, say I, that quote again without, <laughs> Without choking, because I'm yeah, whatever that happened, gagging. Yeah. <laughs> Say the quote. So the the birdcage showed the queer identities could exist independently of and without reference to the epidemic. Doctor Matthew Jones. So right, and like I was saying, a lot of a lot of the studio pictures were either super gay or AIDS. Right. Uh, drag, drag oriented to Wong Fu, Priscilla, which is a fucking absolute treasure. That movie, uh, this movie is just way over the top. So this is what we got. We got that, or we got longtime companion. We got AIDS. Yeah, we got so Philadelphia. They, and this was like to, to try to get the mainstream audience back. Uh, you know, Philadelphia kind of, uh, you know, offered a kind of uh, uh, the sympathetic gay character. You know, uh, that was there. Um, and the AIDS issue. And then, so now you come out with this, and I, I think it came afterwards, has this sort of different feel to it, right? Um, looking at the lighter side of life. Um, but in your case, you think that it hasn't, you guys think that it hasn't progressed like some films would progress. And, and, and this is kind of being bumped. you say progressed, you mean aged? Well, just, aged. yeah, from the standpoint of where we are now in our society of like, you know, we're on, you know, you can't say, you can't make fun of anything. You can't make fun or you can't laugh at any aspect of life. That's one thing that I think we're forgetting about. And this is a purely comedy. This is not a drama. This is not designed to be a drama. There's nothing about it that is drama oriented. It is a comedy. Well, I think there's a fine line between like comedy and making fun of somebody. Mm -hmm. Like you can be funny without making fun of somebody and belittling somebody for having an accent or being gay or, you know, like some, something that's different than you. Like I feel like comedy that lends itself to making fun of people is too easy. Mm-hmm. And I agree. you think that this is doing that? Do you feel like this film? I feel like there are parts of it, yeah, that it's t- that it's too easy. It's it's really taking the easy way out because I think that it thinks that's what Americans want. 
and and at that time, at time yeah. right at that time in 1996 that is what they wanted mm-hmm. but the the other the benefit of this movie is that it shows those same americans that a gay couple can have a lasting normal relationship to people living together committed to each other and it doesn't you know like there's this straight perception of the gay community is like it's ca- it's all casual sex and everybody's just hooking up with everybody else but like these are two people that love each other and right. these are two people that are in a relationship and and i think there are positive things to to get from it but i think at the same time like both things can be true like it can be offensive on a lot of different levels but it also has some merit in some areas yeah. Well, I don't think it's going to, everybody's going to agree with this and that everybody's going to, not everybody liked it when it came out. Not everybody, yeah. you know, it wasn't like everybody loved this film. Like it wasn't the case, but I think people did enjoy it. Now, has it moved forward and stayed current? You know, that's another thing. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's pushing the, it's pushing the boundaries on a lot, but I think it does start conversation and that's a good thing. Uh, you know, it shows that, you know, you know, the, the Gene Hackman character, whether he makes a progression, I don't say that he comes out of this and he's, I'm totally for this. I don't think that's the case, but maybe it gives him a better understanding to look at people with a little different approach. And that's all you can do is the small, small processes of like small steps. Um, cause people that are one-sided, they're going to be one-sided. You know? Well, they do go get married. So right. he at least approves enough right. to like, let's go ahead and do this wedding. Right. Yeah. Um, so going back to Hank Azaria's character, there, there is a character <laughs> that is kind of like at this point in time, pretty much universally right. hated, which is, um, Mickey Rooney's character from breakfast at Tiffany's. <gasps> oh my God. So See, what, yeah. what makes Hank Azaria's oh, character any Asian-y, different? Yeah. Asian character. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What makes Hank Azaria different here? Like how he's basically doing the same thing. Yep, he's doing the same thing. He's just more likable. True. Well, he's, he's not. A- <laughs> he's not doing the same thing because he's he's. I don't think his uh, portrayal is indicative of a widespread feeling of how Guatemalans are. Okay. Uh, so Mickey Rooney, what he did was just fucking wrong. That was racist. Right. And it was very indicative of the yes, period yeah, of time, how they sure. treated and, him. And I think Hank it was Azaria, Hank Azaria, I mean, we can say it was, he was so over the top that it's portraying gay people as that way. But Nathan Lane's doing the exact same fucking thing yeah. in the movie. And yeah. uh, one, of think, them, one of them is gay. One of them's not. So but I think you have the, the balance <laughs> because you have Robin Williams character that's not over the top. Like, you know, with exception. Which of still character. befuddles me. His dance steps, no thing, but I think that shows because that is the case. I mean, there's not not everybody's flamboyant. This guy, right? Not everybody's you know not under the radar. There's not everybody that's a drag queen. They're all different types of people that are on the side. That and and so I I think it's great that they show those things. And then and I thought it was, you know, an interesting way of. And this is all created. The whole story is created because what the 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 son son is a dick is a dick. And he is doesn't, you know, he's so afraid to tell his parents to, hey, you know, to, and tell the other pe- people's parents, you know, his his fiance's parents 
that, you know, my parents are gay, you know, and my, you know, and my mom, you know, there's a whole nother beast in that that we're not having even touched on is the mother that just goes up. Right. Mm -hmm. I got, I have questions about Christine (laughs) Baranski. Okay. So like you had a kid 20 years ago, you can't even remember how long ago it was. Are you kidding? And you haven't, you live in the same town. You haven't once tried to contact them. You're even on good terms with everyone. What well, is wrong with you, lady? There, there's something that I didn't catch <clears throat> until I've watched this film probably, I don't know, 20 times or something. There's one thing I, I, I caught in this that I have not, I didn't catch before. And, and that was, she says it was, a, there was an agreement between them and he oh, yeah. got, mm-hmm. he got, you know, Robin Williams he got Val and got she Val. got the company. Right. Mm-hmm. So whatever that was, you know, it was covered and that was the reason for it. Now, I agree. You're that a was ridiculous. You're a mother. You should be, you know, the same as if you were a dad, you should be the same thing, you know. But she admits freely, I've not, I've never been very motherly. Right. Maternal. That's what right. she says. As right. she's popping the champagne cork between her legs. Right. But Robin Williams <laughs> was, you know, so it was, he's the, you know, it was the more. Albert's practically abreast. Yeah. Oh, the best line in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just it's like perfect, you know. Um, so, did you buy the meeting of the mom and the son for the first time? Like, because I feel like it was supposed to be this meaningful emotional meeting, and it, I don't know that it came Was across it? as like that good. Well, and I think that had to do <laughs> with the son. You know, his character was such a a, a douchebag. Yeah. You know, and he for him to be wanting them to be something different is. I mean, I, I mean that's and really, that would not like, ha- I don't know if that would fly now. I, but but I, you know what? On the other side of it, it probably does fly still because there's people that are still doing stupid things out there in this society we have. But now. like a person that was raised by those two people, why would they come back home and be like, "You've got to change everything"? Yeah, furniture. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. I love the changing of the furniture and how they would choose certain the things. fucking crucifix. Yeah. It's like, that uh, was crucifying fun. someone that was tonight? Cute. Yeah. That was cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, something else we haven't brought up is the whole changing of the name so that they would know they were Jewish. Yeah, oh. and that's a whole nother thing. Is that, like, you know, trying not to be the Jewish aspect of it. So uh um, I, trying to hide every aspect of their lives, basically, just change them into completely different people. Well, and I think it's because you know, here it is: your son's lying. They're both lying, and that you know, the same as the fiance. She's involved in it too, so she's part of it. It's about a lie that goes out of hand, right? And it just gets bigger and it gets bigger, and you know, and that's what happens when you do that. You you know, instead of telling the truth, things sort of go off in a different direction. Yeah, and I, you know, I think. It's possible to make a funny movie with all of these ingredients. I just don't know that they did it. Like, I don't think the story was good <laughs> enough. I don't think the, the, I mean, the acting, you know, Nathan Lane, Robin Williams were great, but I just don't know that all the side characters, I just didn't, I don't know. It didn't come together for me. I'm right there with you. It didn't come together for me. I did find myself even getting bored sometimes because there just wasn't much of a story to hold on to. Uh, now, I don't know about the original that it's based on because I've never seen it. But something I would like to d- mention is that La Cage au Fall l- came out when? 1978. Oh, wow. Almost 20 years before America said, let's show some gay people on a movie. Thank you, so, friends. 
yeah, thanks, France, for <laughs> being a pioneer while we sucked it for 18 years. We, we suck at a lot of things. We did. We suck. We suck at things, but yeah. it happens. But at the same time, as much as I don't really care for this movie at all and don't want to watch it again, uh, I don't think it should be removed from you know the annals, annals of film. There, I know a lot of people who enjoy this movie. And Breakfast at Tiffany's, I, I have to ask because I, I don't know that I've ever actually seen it. Or it, I Oh, seen it's one of my favorites. Uh, is Mickey Rooney still in it doing his yeah. little thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's still in it. yeah. So I don't understand why. Even some, on the TV version. Some yeah. movies, it's okay to keep that in because it was indicative of a time. But other movies, we have to erase all knowledge mm. of because of, of certain things. And it's, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I know it's not very. Big. I don't think we should be erasing things. I think we're we're. I think we've gone too far in this, and we're. You learn from history. You learn from things, and then you know whether you want to ex- accept um, this film. That's your choice. But the same is is you could go back to Gone with the Wind, you know, and not accept it, right? So do you get rid of these films and like you destroy them, and then we become so we only start to see, you know, the segment of the world through this tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we learn from these, you know, whether mistakes or not, I, you know, and, and I don't think this is a mistake film. I don't think at all. And I'm, I'm I know I'm probably the, on, the only one on this panel that thinks that, but like, I think it is a, a, a a great i think it's a i don't think it's a great story i don't think it's a, okay i was gonna it looked like you're gonna say i think it's a great story and i was gonna be like oh shut up i don't think it's a great story but i think it fits for what you're trying to do with this story you know you're showing the things that you're showing and that, like i said it's not a political it's not a overanalyzed film it is a comedy with comical moments in it like you know and it's still i think it was like what 7.2 on id you are correct oh uh, wait on what yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah what was it uh, 7.2 imdb there we go i did say it right this time not the first time you know i said it right the first time too on this one but i didn't say it the last time um but uh you know it's it, it's a it's a mike nichols film i mean i don't think they went I don't think they had the, guy directed the intention Brad- of being offensive to anyone. No, so. it was the nineties. Like this, that was completely inoffensive to everyone at the time right, because right. Well, people think, were shitty. I think Mike Nichols also is a guy that's not afraid to take on a challenging subject. You know, he did uh, who's afraid of uh, Virginia Woolf. You know, that was, you know, a, challenging movie, movie a graduate you know uh, yeah i mean he's a tremendous tremendous director and i think he did a great job with this um um and that, that, but that's you know once again everybody's got an opinion to it so so we you know we've talked about how this movie might not hold up now and, and things are going on do you think it's possible that if you don't see a movie of its time like when it came out that you will just never get the same experience like if you want like me watching this movie for the first time in my life now i will never get the same experience as someone who watched it in the theater it could be and that applies to any movie right like it could be a great movie yeah from the 60s but nowadays things just look so much better and film itself has evolved so much that you just don't you could never get the experience that someone got maybe the first time they saw it i think that depends on the movie because i think a good story is a good story no matter when 
when it happens. I'm trying to think of something. I think as an example. I think but. it's. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. If you know, I mean, you can relate to. It's a black and white, and people don't want to watch black and whites now because they, you know, I do. I, I do too. And but a lot of people I know don't want to watch black and white. They just are instantly turned off by it's a black and white. Um, I, I think you know. I think Patrick's right. If it's a good story, it usually will carry through. If it's a great story, it will transit. It'll. it'll It'll be the same as it came out in the fifties, Casablanca. You know, it's still just as good, right? Um, you know, to you, though. But what about for a sixteen-year-old seeing Casablanca today for the first time? No, I've actually had people. You know, I mean, uh, Doctor Shivago. Let's do that. Like, you know, it's it's a love story, right? You know, maybe those kind of things don't transition well. A lot of people don't. You know, I did not enjoy Doctor Shivago. <laughs> yes, like some people don't. That's like a good song. Right? good song in it it's it's i mean it's you know it's a different it was a very different story at the time and like obviously it doesn't translate to everybody and that's the whole thing well i had a i had a guy try to impress me with it in high school he was like oh this is my favorite movie why don't you watch it with me and he brought it over to my house and this is back when we had vhs tapes was it steven spielberg no it's dr Zhivago. That's, that's, <laughs> that's his favorite film is it mm-hmm well, no, I, I'm not that old to go. Oh, you thought Spielberg was Spielberg. trying to impress Laura <laughs> and said, "Let me bring my VHS." He was trying to put the D in Gugner. But I fell asleep during Doctor Zhivago. That's the point of that story. Yeah. But I was also like 16 years old, and I can't really relate. And I'm sure that really wasn't his favorite movie, and he was just trying to get in my pants. So I think it depends on who you are and when you see it. And right. well, the concepts, con- concepts, concepts, concepts. Oh, I heard concepts. Stuck, yeah. stuck in so the concepts. <laughs> mm. wow. I'm going to stop now. It, it just feels like it's almost like once, you know, you can't unknow something. So once you've seen how, like the technology that we've got these days and how movies are filmed and how much better the cameras are, can you ever truly appreciate something from you know from older yeah. times as you would say uh, like, it's, yeah it's, look it's, at the effects in ghostbusters man god it's an art form <laughs> not be, still you like you're still you saw it originally i'm talking about <laughs> art, the true. art form of like whether it's music or whether it's art does it when you look at it with different eyes the more advanced you are you see more details and things and you see you know and that's part of kind of watching a film you're gonna the more advanced your skills become you will start to pick up different things about it and that might be good mm-hmm. or bad it could be like you look at it now and you go i know too much about this so i don't want to this doesn't excite me so but it's also it's an art form so it's going to be subjective to the individual anyway right uh, i mean there's movies that i saw when they came at the keep i'll use that as an example not considered by anyone to be a good movie uh i love it I love this movie probably because the potential, or you could tell there's a really good story in there. They just weren't great at telling it, but it's the first time I saw Ian McKellen in a movie and, uh, you know, Scott Glenn's in it and others, Gabriel Burns in it. It's got crazy, awesome music by Tangerine dream. And I go back now and I go, Oh my God, who did the effects on this movie? Like a monkey. (laughs) They're just, Absolutely terrible, but I still love the shit out of this movie. So yeah, I don't know. And it's, I, it might be a little bit of storytelling. It might be just 
I loved it when I first saw it. Who knows what the fuck? There's always going to be an X factor with stuff. Uh, yeah, and it could be the you know you're tired. You know, you, which you is know, why I watch you bad you movies or you movies, excuse me, movies yeah, I don't like sure. over and over again because Cloverfield. Um, because <laughs> I'm like, obviously, people dug this movie, and I want to I want to see what they saw. Yeah. Now, granted, twenty viewings in, I still haven't found it on Cloverfield. But well, uh, it, it, it's uh, like it's like watching a Terrence Malick movie. I mean, you can't watch it. I can oh, uh, anyone that goes and watch. You could have just stopped with you can't watch it. <laughs> if you can't watch it when you're tired, because you, it is right, right. not what you want to watch. Well, as much as everyone loves um, uh, Kubrick, his movies tend to knock me out cold. I mean, we went through this. We discussed The Shining. Scatman Crowley shows up. I don't know if it's voice or what, but he goes, you got the shine. I'm out. I'm out cold. <laughs> and I wake up when he dies. Patrick so, was in that past life was hypnotized by that voice. I, oh, I used to love Scatman Crothers. And then he, now every time he hears his voice, he goes, I love Scatman Crothers. <laughs> um, and there's other... Oh, I almost said AI, but that's not a Kubrick movie, really. Mm-mm. Kind yeah, of in a little bit. So of long. Oh my God, sweet Jesus! Why is it so long? So I don't know, but I could bang it. out the Lord of the Rings trilogy like <laughs> it was nothing. What you guys been watching? What you been watching? What you been watching? It's that time of the show where we get into films that we've been watching. So we'll start off with and TV. Um, <laughs> Patrick. Ah. <laughs> ah. So um, I think I mentioned, uh, what was that movie that I forgot that I saw that I had just seen? We all forgot. Boogeyman. Yeah. Boogeyman. Right. Yeah. yeah. No big, no big shake. I wouldn't go run out and see it. Uh, I did. I've been watching some TV stuff. I tried watching that. I, I shouldn't say I tried to watch. I watched an episode or so of that new Tom Holland show, uh, Crowded Room. Yep. On Apple TV. I've watched a couple episodes of it. Yeah, I'm just not that into it. I, I'm not saying it's bad in any way. I'm just not that into it. Same thing, Laura, a couple of podcasts ago recommended uh, Jury Duty. Jury Duty, yep. On Freebie, a Freebie exclusive. And there's a reason for that. Oh. Um, no, it's just not. I mean, I guess I it's not for it. everyone. I could see it being your show, and another friend of mine highly recommended it. And he. He, I could see him liking it. I watch it, and there was a, a maybe. Or I didn't really laugh. I maybe smiled <laughs> a couple of times. And I, oh, oh yeah, okay, all right. That's a thing that happened. You gave it a shot. I did. I mean, I try things. Yeah, I won't necessarily like that. That doesn't mean that I belittle anyone else from uh, enjoying them. That's what keeps actors and directors and everybody in business. Hopefully, is that. Yeah thinks will find their audience and just a lot of things don't find them in me. <laughs> and I mentioned a movie before. What did I say? There was a movie I just rewatched. Cloverfield. No. <laughs> I, I actually watch that every day. That yeah. movie has come up more than any other movie on this podcast. I think. Yeah. yeah. I know, yeah. Friends, only, only, from, only from one person, but yeah, it has come up. Oh, pray tell who would that be? <laughs> All right, you guys talk. I'll think of the movie. There's something I just revisited recently, and I can't remember. Laura, anything else that you've been uh, digging into? I watched, uh, last night I watched a movie called Fungicide, and it of was Of course you did. Awful. <laughs> it was so 
awful. Hey, I hey, do hey. not recommend it for um, anyone. It Kent had worked on that. <laughs> and I was, was an, I was an extra on that. So were you the guy in the mushroom? I was. Yeah, I was the Koopa Trooper. You were the best. You were my favorite character. You didn't appreciate my Super Mario Brothers reference. I did. So I, I, <laughs> you know, I want to go back and it's kind of like from this because a movie I watched uh, just Cloverfield again. No, 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 no. Uh, I watched. I went back and was watching some older films. Um, and I watched some like it hot. And of course, you know, it's a Billy Wilder film. And, um, I think it's interesting. How would you guys, have you guys seen it? I think, no, I know Laura's seen it and I'm sure Patrick's mm-hmm. seen it. Would I have that, not seen it in my adult years. Would that stand up now? You know, because it's over the top. You've got two guys that are kind of over the top in it. Would it work now? Or is that a film that could be kicked out for it would work better as a theatrical show with uh matthew broderick and nathan lane is is that what it is now it did not happen did that happen i think it well that was definitely the producers Mm -hmm. yeah the producers did they do how to succeed in success succeed in business without really trying to see how to succeed in success how to succeed in success (laughs) it's easy Where are you coming from, man? Look it up on IMDb. Patrick has left the building right now. (laughs) I thought you weren't drinking, Patrick. This filtered water is really (laughs) getting to me. Hey, talk like a dog. (laughs) Oh, I remembered the movie I revisited. Oh, were you done with your Some Like a Hot Kent? No, no, that was just one film I was talking about. Go ahead. (laughs) That did not sound like a good role. (laughs) Um, So because Tina Turner passed away, of course, I wanted to revisit Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yes! Which, once again, not a great movie, but God, I fucking love that movie. Me too. Love everything about it. I watched the film They, Them. You know, I figured that'd be right up in the alley of this stuff to see something that was, and it was a horror film with Kevin Bacon um, about a group of teenagers. Oh, at the L- LGBTQ. Um, the what? <laughs> LGBTQ conversion camp. Yes, um, and it was. And it was, it, I mean, honestly, until it went into the horror aspect of it, I really enjoyed it. But once it went to the horror aspect and it just got too preachy to me and it started getting into this sort of. I saw it. Yeah, very preachy aspect of it. And I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't think, I thought it was. I'm going to bottom line it. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible think, movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was okay in the beginning because I saw, well, you know. Because you thought it was going to be something about. The evils of conversion, and and they did go into the evils of conversion, a bit. but and then like, it just became it, really stupid real fast. Yeah, it was like yeah. they ran out of context, and they just sort of went, "Let's just throw some murders in there, and this will be great." Um, I also saw a film uh, that I, I was very disappointed in. I thought there's, you know, I mean, I, I've seen all the Magic Mikes and the Last Dance. Wait, you've seen all the Magic Mike? Oh God, yeah, I, I, have, to, I have to see it. I've seen I'm not him. seeing one. I feel like I'm behind here. You had seen to, them all. I had to see him. My wife dragged me to him, and um, my so wife. She did, but I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the first two. I enjoyed it because I, I love good dancing. When people can really dance, it's great. To see. <laughs> see? <laughs> totally, totally understand. <laughs> totally understands what I'm saying. I so, can't hear you. Can't. What are you talking about? Well, the dog was kind of ruffling his feathers. <laughs> but, but Magic Mike's Last Dance 
uh, was not. I mean, the the dance couple of the dance scenes were okay, but is that nothing, the third one? The third one, and uh, other than wow, that, you're just, a better man than I am. They really missed on this one, and and uh, hopefully that's the end of this uh, um, lap dance scene. But another movie you saw was the Wild Goose Lake, um, which I tried to get Patrick to go to. International um, uh, noir, in, independent noir. That's right. And uh, over at the independent uh, theater, or um, and uh, independent picture house, picture house, <laughs> whatever it's called. Yeah, <laughs> independent, independent picture theater, all that good stuff. Um, the uh, and and I enjoyed it. And it's a Chinese film. And and I'll be honest with you, I need to watch it again because I feel like there were some things that I missed in it. Uh, but it was really a, a kind of an interesting um, story of like, and simple, like simple in what it was, but it was also like, you got to see really, it took place in Wuton um, and they shot it right before the virus. And you see how, you know, it's all about feeling environment. So I'd like to go back and watch it one more time to, to look at those little details that you miss when you're watching it the first time. But but a, but a definitely a film to check out. So, and that's called Wild Goose Lake. Yeah, w- Wuhan is that what mm-hmm. it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said Wuhan, which I, I might have said. Yeah, I, I was Wu-Tang. thinking about yeah, uh-huh. Wuhan. <laughs> it's so, it's Kent. He yeah says things. <laughs> so oh you know, before we we finish off our pride, we just have to ask Squeaker what he's been watching. Before we finish out our Pride podcasts, I would like to highly recommend. I may have mentioned it before, a movie called Giant Little Ones, which is a uh, kind of a high school coming out, uh, not a big budget like Love Simon is. Uh, there's always the go tos like Call Me by Your Name if you can deal with cannibalism, and uh, L I E is another fantastic. Oh yeah, movie with Brian Cox. Uh, just yeah, Michael. Mind- oh, and uh, Michael Quest directed it and wrote it. it L I E. Yes, and uh, yeah. Paul Dano. It's Paul Dano's first movie, maybe, if not his first movie. It's one of his earliest movies. But all these are are very acceptable movies. If you can find Longtime Companion, watch it. I can't find it anywhere. Find everything. Mysterious <laughs> Skin is another good one. Sorry. That's my pride moment for you. And now, what you've been what you've been watching, Squeaker? I don't know what else I've actually been watching. I can I throw it like a completely different uh, direction? Sure. I, wa- I watched some uh, some live music on TV last night. I think it's like the first time I've ever done that. They were doing on Hulu um, Bonnaroo the music festival. Oh, nice! Oh, wow. um, like a live stream of it. So I watched some Bonnaroo. I watched. Um, there you go. One night Saturday, I watched Jenny Lewis, and last night I watched the Foo Fighters. So it's kind of right. cool. Yeah. Cool. Love the Foo Fighters. <laughs> There All right. Is. Well, this has been great. We've had a great time discussing this film, and it came with some completely different perspectives than what we I thought that we would have. So, no, I, just I really like two that. perspectives. <laughs> that's good. That's but that's yours and ours. Everybody had a different <laughs> opinion on it. Everybody had a different. No, and that's good. That's why. Yeah, that's why. Awesome. Yes, and you know, you, you don't have to like them. You don't have to enjoy them, but you can still watch them. And, you gotta watch them. Yeah. If you have to and listen to us. You're going to love. And that's the main thing. Yeah. So, so make sure you rate, subscribe, review, put out there, all those things. Uh, and listen, it's been fun. We've had a good time. So 
You guys got anything else to say? Happy no. Pride Month. Happy Pride, Pride Month. Month. Yeah. See you next time. See you. Like having a drink and talking films? Yup. The Adult Beverage Film Podcast is your go-to podcast. Join the conversation and listen to film industry producers, actors, directors, writers share all of their experiences in the film industry. Expand your mind into films you've already seen. Plus, find new films to watch in the future. Visit adultbeverage.net. Or go to your favorite podcast platform and listen to adult beverage film podcast episodes today.